Welcome to the Confident Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Johnson. If you find yourself here, it may mean that you're looking for courage, clarity, or confidence in some part of your life. I interview experts in business and life each week and share strategies for success, motivation, and mindset. If you want to learn more about how I can help you grow your business as an extension of yourself and help transform you into a confident entrepreneur, check out my online business courses on my website at jenniferannjohnson.com. Now let's get started. Now it's the new year and it's time for new beginnings and fresh starts. It's a time to reflect on the past year and learn from our experiences. It's also time to set goals for the future and make plans to actually achieve them. For many people, the new year is a time to focus on their personal and professional development. They may set goals to lose weight or get in shape or maybe learn a new skill or start a new business, or maybe it's advancing their career. This is a new year, and it's also time to give back to your community and make a difference in the world. People may volunteer their time to a cause that they care about or donate to a charity or start new projects that benefit others. No matter what your goals are for the new year, the most important thing is to take action and make progress. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself and step outside of your comfort zone. The new year is the perfect time to start something new and achieve your dreams. The new year is what you make it. It's an opportunity to start fresh and make the most of your life. What do you plan to do differently in this next year? Or what do you plan to keep on doing for the new year? Because it's worked for you. Today, we welcome into the studio, Annie Meehan. Annie is a dynamic speaker, author, and entrepreneur, and she's weathered challenges in the boardroom and in business. She credits the storm for her unshakable optimistic drive, her resiliency, and that that she employs as a speaker. And she is the author of seven books and counting. That is astounding. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Wow. My eighth book just came out in August, actually. So it just, I haven't updated that. I need to update. So oh my gosh. Yeah. We are so honored to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Jennifer. And you're from my home state. You're from Minnesota. From Minnesota. Woo, woo. Yes, Minnesota. and hello, our Minnesota friends. <laughs> and and we'll you'll hear our Minnesota accents come out at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> it always happens. So today we're talking about the topic of be the exception. Yeah. So yeah. I love that because you should be the exception, right? So you have seven keys to transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so be the exception. Talk. I'm sorry. Let's let's chat about that. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Uh, be the Exception came to be just so you kind of know the background. I was writing a book for about 20 years called Dumpster to Dynasty. And it was about growing up in a hoarder home. So physical dumpster. Oh my gosh. Growing wow. up in a depressed home, emotional dumpster, and a financial dumpster, literally eating out of the dumpster, the middle of seven kids raised by a single mom in extreme poverty. And that today my doors are open. I take people in. I always have enough food and more than enough. And then a publisher said, don't write that, Annie. Instead, you're a teacher. Teach us, as you said, Jennifer, how to be the exception. We should all be the exception. How do we break the rules that need to be broken, rewrite the stories that need to be rewritten? And so that's how Be the Exception came to be. She said, go back through your whole life. And what did you do differently than some of your siblings that have struggled with addiction or depression or not been able to break that cycle? So how do you be the exception and not 
follow the rules of dysfunction or of sadness or mediocre, honestly, like how could anybody be the exception? So I love that because, you know, quite frequently when we're parents, we hear the, well, I don't want to bring my kids up like I was brought up. Right. So there's that be the exception and you're doing that individually as well. That's right. That's right. And kind of, Go ahead. (laughs) Everyone does it that way, right? Like, oh, that's the way it's always been done. So be the exception can apply to your work. It can apply to yourself. It can apply to your personal life. Like challenge every thought, challenge every experience just because we have, is that the best way? Is that the right Right. way? So So now you have seven keys. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the seven keys and and, um, how we can all transform ourselves into being that exception. Yeah, I love that. The first key is the most important. And sometimes people don't understand it because it's called be honest. And people are like, wait a minute, Annie, I don't lie. And I'm like, yes, but we tell stories. Um, Sometimes stories are given to us and sometimes we have our own stories and we have those tapes. What today people would call your narrative. What is playing in the back of your head? Oh, everyone's a jerk. I can never date anyone nice. Oh, nobody appreciates me at work. I never get the promotion. Oh, I can't be healthy. Nobody's ever been healthy in my family. And for me, I say, well, those are stories. And even if elements of those stories are true, we can have a truth and then we can have um, we can have the story. Then we can have a truth inside of it. And my question for people is what part needs to be rewritten? So I always thought I was stupid. I have dyslexia, ADHD, and I didn't know how to read in third grade. So my story was you're stupid. The truth is I have some learning differences Mm -hmm. and I have some learning differences, but that doesn't mean I'm less than I just learned differently. And so I had to learn how do I use my differences as my strength to write, to teach other people, to show people how to overcome the obstacles of life. And so um, the first one is be honest. And it's about rewriting the stories that no longer serve you or changing your narrative. If you think you're not enough or you're not good enough or you don't love yourself or you don't deserve healthy relationships or that promotion or success in your business, as you talk about confidence, mm-hmm. well, then we start to make those stories our truth and mm-hmm. then we live out of them, which is a place of lacking. So for me, I had to yeah. rewrite every story. What if I'm smart? What if I'm successful? What if I'm capable? What if where I come from isn't where I end up? What if I don't, my mom's not really capable of being very nurturing, but I could be a nurturing mom. Mm -hmm. What if I changed all of that? And so that's really like the foundation for me is the be honest is go back and evaluate every story, every thought, everything that's been put on you or you've put on yourself and ask yourself, does it serve me? And when it no longer serves you, it is time to rewrite that story to what you actually want, not what you have. And I love that because you said that growing up, you couldn't read very well. And look at you. How many books? Now we're eight books. Eight books. And my second book won a national award. Like it's, it's really a miracle, Jennifer, really it is. Wow. So number one is being honest. Yeah. Number two is about being open. And I was asked to be part of a TV show called Genuine Hero. And it was about who's your hero. And I was like, oh, I don't resonate with that word. And so I had to really chew on it and think about mentorship and coaches and teachers And I was like, sometimes for me, the open was about who lit my path. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think that ultimately comes to who lit my path along the way, who whispered into your ear, hey, my my third grade teacher, Mrs. Rico, you're good at math. You don't know how to read, but you're good at math. That whisper landed me a job at 21 because I remembered. Um, I had a paper out as a little girl in Champaign, Illinois. And the papers weighed more than I did. But Mr. Ken would meet us at the door with a nickel and a butterscotch. And in that freezing cold day, his nickel and butterscotch 
was like the greatest gift in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to encourage people being open doesn't mean it could be your mom or dad if you get to have that privilege or a grandparent. But if you don't have that, there's other whispers along the way. So for me, it's about lighting your path. Who are you staying open to being taught from? And then how are you using what they gave you to pay it forward to teach other Mm -hmm. people? So that's about being open. I love uh, being that. healthy. So as a gym owner for 12 years, I had a gym in a small town and a gym in a big city. And I met thousands of people and people wanted to lose weight. And what I realized is I can't help you with that. But if your finances are out of order and you're binge eating because of the stress of your finances, I can help you with your habits and your self-talk and your routines and rituals. And a side effect might be weight loss. Mm-hmm. But usually I dig deeper into the story. So I teach people there's seven areas of health that we address physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, relational, and career health. So we assess those seven areas. We look what's keeping us up at night or waking us up in the middle of the night. And then we address that. And many, many benefits come from recognizing that health is so much more than just our physical. So that's the next one, be healthy. The next one is be flexible. You know, the guarantees in life, right? Death and taxes and change. And for me, I moved 83 times by the time I was 18, Jennifer. Oh, gosh. Yeah, not normal, not traditional, but I learned to change. I learned to make friends, to adapt. And I like to teach people if you stay open to change rather than resistant, there is gifts in it, even the hard change, the changes that choose us and the changes we choose. So it's about be flexible. The next one of five was about be, be gentle. And what I learned is I'm pretty judgmental or had been about myself. I was ashamed for people to know I got my GED. I was ashamed to know I didn't finish college or I had unplanned pregnancy. And what I learned is when I stopped judging myself and I started to be gentle with my detours in life, what it gave me is not only self-love, but the ability to love other people with their messy parts. And when I teach people about how to be gentle, Mm -hmm. sometimes I meet people that are divorced and they're like, oh my gosh, I failed. And I'm like, well, that's not true. That's just a sliver of your story. What if we give ourselves grace inside of that mm-hmm. nature and we're gentle? And there's, the actually, one, there's a message in your mess, right? 100%. And I, I understand because I was ashamed to say that I didn't complete college. Yeah. So, you know, and I recently just went back. So I get it. And I mean, all of these are resonating with me right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> you have to be resonating with our listeners. I'm sure. These yes. are wonderful. Yeah. So that was number, number five was be gentle. I love be that. Gentle. Yeah, so important. And, and easy to not realize how hard we are on ourselves. Oh, and yeah. then when we do that, we're hard on other people. Mm-hmm. So when we're like, I'm kind of messy, but I like myself. And I can like you too with your messy uh, and complicated and details. So right. seats is about be courageous. And really that came to me because in 99, I did the AIDS ride from Minneapolis to Chicago. And what I learned about goal setting in that is that when I want to lose 10 pounds and I lose 10 pounds and it's all about me and what's in it for me, it's very narrow. But when I started broadening myself, what if you set courageous goals that aren't just about what's in it for you, but how it will impact the life of another? And it doesn't have to be a bike ride from Minneapolis to Chicago, but it can be, you know what? I want to get healthy so I can swim with my grandkids. I want to get healthy. Um, in my mind, because my negativity about myself is affecting how I treat other people. So I always like be courageous is about set an audacious goal, and then go back one step at a time and figure out how to do it. And what I've learned by doing the three day for breast cancer and the suicide walk and the um, 
overall cancer all night walk and so many different things, MS bike ride, is that when I set a goal that I don't think I can do and I don't really have the tools to do it, but I stretch myself to do it, I meet the most amazing people and I hear Mm -hmm. the most incredible stories. And what I learn is that everybody has a struggle and a story and that it is my privilege to be courageous enough to set a goal that will impact their lives. Is your closet overflowing? Or maybe your kids' closets are as well. Or you just want to redecorate your house. If you're wondering what to do with all that stuff that you've accumulated, bring it all to True Fashionistas or even ship it to them for free. They will sell your unwanted items for you, take away all the hassle by doing all the work, and all you have to do is sit back and collect your money. You can reach out to them online at truefashionistas.com. Come into the store or check them out on Facebook or Instagram, and that's truefashionistas.com. All right, friends, we are back in studio with Annie Meehan, and we're talking about being the exception, the seven keys to transformation. We were talking about number six, and that was be courageous. Yes. And what was number seven? Number seven, yeah. And these used to be steps, and I thought people don't need more to do, they need more to be. And mm-hmm. number seven is also, they are the bookends, the be honest, and this one is be authentic. And what I mean by that is be yourself. So it's really easy in our world to look at social media and everybody else's life, career, everything looks more glamorous than ours. And a lot of people want to be like someone else. But for the first 20 years of my life, I literally wanted to be anyone but myself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to go, wait a minute, you have some value. You have some good parts about you that I learned to embrace my messy and to be authentically myself, partially may laugh at myself, let other people laugh at me, partially be a pineapple, partially just say, I have some gifts. My words, even though I need help with all my spelling, can help people. (laughs) doesn't? Right? (laughs) My written and spoken words can help people. So instead of hiding behind and wishing I was someone different, bring my best gifts and share them with the world. And that's my encouragement is be authentically yourself. My nickname is Authentically Annie and Do It Annie. And I I love to get things done. And uh, Mm -hmm. I love to encourage people. What if you did leave the house without makeup? What if you got up and you weren't as rigid with yourself and you didn't do things perfect and you still loved yourself? What would Mm -hmm. that look like? The world needs more authentic, genuine, vulnerable, supportive, unsuperficial people and being authentically you, knowing who you are first and then becoming that is a beautiful thing. I think you're my sister from another mister. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the things that you're saying, I, I parallel a lot of those. And it's, it's very interesting. You know, how do we, how do we live these out every day? How do we use this as a tool to be the exception? Because, you know, I mean, there, it's kind of like we make goals for ourselves, right? The beginning of the year, we make goals for ourselves for the new year and we put them down on paper. We put them in the desk drawer. They never see the light of day again, right? We're having the conversation and maybe, you know, I have these written down. How can I live like this every day? How can I sustain this? How can I be this, be the exception? Great question, Jennifer. Interestingly, yesterday I got a text from one of my older sisters saying there's only five of us left. So we've lost two siblings. And then I got a text from a younger brother at the end of the day saying it's a miracle any of us are alive. <laughs> and, and people say to me all the time, you're the exception. And I say, let me be really clear. And I said to both of them, I am not the exception. I am a work in progress every single day. And you are exactly right, Jennifer. Like I have very specific routines, rituals, and disciplines to be able to be as healthy as I am and to do the work that I do. Um, But it's a practice. 
it's a daily practice. Like for me, I talk about medicine cabinet in my new book. And one of my, one of my things is what's in your medicine cabinet. For me, my number one thing in my medicine cabinet is movement. I have to move my body every day. I don't always feel like it. I don't always want to, but I go for that walk because it's good for my brain. It's good for my emotions. It's good for my physical. So it's that decision. I read my devotionals every morning. I get up early, whether I'm on the road or at home, four or five in the morning, and I'm reading my devotionals. I'm praying. Um, I think that being the exception is a repeated every day. I have to, and they're not in order. They're not like you do one and then two, you just go keep bouncing back. So when I wrote this book, it was really important for me to people be able to apply it. So people say, Annie's motivational, inspirational. I'm like, I want to be activational. So at the end of every chapter, it was created kind of as a book club book, but also as an application book. So at the end of every chapter are these questions and application and you fill in the blank. What are you going to do? What are you working on? And I think it's going back to that. Wait a minute. That story didn't serve me. And when people start to think about their stories, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible to myself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you are. That's why I wrote this is because I teasingly say, I look in the mirror every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so good looking. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am freaking amazing. And some people laugh and other people just like kind of mortified, like, whoa, who do you think you're? And I say, don't you do that. Yeah. It gets real quiet in the room. And what happens is people recognize they don't. They look in the mirror and they talk about how ugly they are, how screwed up they are, what they Mm -hmm. messed up yesterday. So it's a constant practice. So when I'm teaching people, I'm saying, go to the mirror and I want you to be like, holy, how awesome am I? People get to hang out with me today. Mm -hmm. How lucky are they? And when we start to truly believe that and live that out, even if we don't have a healthy support system, it starts with ourselves. It's always an inside job, right? So all of these are, what can I do? What's my part of not repeating cycles and breaking negative systems that don't serve me? So yeah, it's ongoing. And I love that, you know, we came from similar, similar upbringings and all of that. And you, you look at other people that you went to school with or whatever, where that, where, you know, and there's a difference, like, what is that? And I think that kind of goes back to, to all of this is like, you just have to have that fire in the belly. You have to have, I don't know, there's another word I'm trying to search for and I, it's escaping me, but you just have to have that X factor. And and it's not like it, it, it maybe, I think it's just in you, yeah. right? I don't think right. it's something that you may learn all along the way. I feel like for me, it was always in me, it was always there. Yeah. Tenacity. I think there's tenacity. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm trying to be a Swifty. I don't even know what a Swifty is. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. But I, she's got some things. And, and one thing I think about is, I remember as my business started to really soar and I really started having some momentum and success, not all the people that I thought would be my cheerleaders and my support system hung in there. Mm-hmm. Some of them jumped off. Some of them said, who do you think you are writing books? You don't even have a degree. Da, da. But I remember Taylor saying, you know, Swifty, my friend Swifty. Mm-hmm. Your friend Swifty. My friend Swifty saying, haters going to hate. Yes. And I remember, and I just watched the Tyler Perry movie this weekend and man, it was powerful about forgiveness and, and people trying to beat him down and bring him down when he was soaring. And, and I think that also, Jennifer, it's not only that tenacity in us, it's not only that resilience and that drive and that X factor, as you said, it's also knowing that it's not going to be smooth Mm -hmm. and not everybody's going to vote for you. Not everybody, even if you're doing the right thing and the good thing and doing what you know you're meant to do. Not everyone's going to cheer you on, but if you can help, what I always say to myself, this makes me teary always, but if I can help one person every day, I lost my my father to alcoholism, my brother to suicide, his son to suicide. If I can help one person every day, it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter if everyone else thinks I'm a weirdo or everyone else thinks, who do you think you are? It doesn't matter. I'm there for one person every day to pour into them, to tell them you are valuable and you have gifts in you. And yes, you have challenges as I do, Mm -hmm. but you are capable of so much more than you know, and the world needs you and they need your gifts that are different than my gifts and my gifts that are different than yours. And so I think that's my driving force is um, I love women. I do a lot of work with women, but I do a lot of work with men. And for me, watching men struggle with mental health and not have Mm -hmm. that belief that where they come from isn't where they have to end up. Mm -hmm. What they've gone through isn't what they have to repeat is really, really a a huge part of who I am. There's lots of parts, but that's a big one. And I love the, so I have an acronym for that, HOPE. Mm -hmm. Help one person every day. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, you know, with my journey, that's, I, I, I have that written down, HOPE. Help one person every day. And, you know, back to the Swifty thing, shake it off. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we could do a whole podcast, um, we'd probably have to like Google some of her lyrics, but I know the the ones from back in the day, right? But, you know, we have to learn to shake things off too, right? It's, it's off. Yes. Right. Moving on. Moving on. Exactly. And that's hard to do. That that can be really hard to do. It's easier to say, harder to do. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Taylor euphemisms, yeah. <laughs> are, they're so true. And a hundred percent, it doesn't mean that we don't have tears. It doesn't mean that we don't feel defeated at times. I love that you said it's because people will say it's so easy for you. And I'm like, oh, no, what I do is not easy for me. Mm-hmm. And why I do it is not easy for me, but it's worth it. But that doesn't mean I don't have sad days or tired days or whatever. But I just keep going because I know I love your acronym, HOPE. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. help. One, one person, person every day. That is my, that's my driving force, but I love that it's the word hope because mm-hmm. I'm, my podcast is all about hope, right? So um, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. And yeah, it's hard, but it's worth it. It's it hard. is. You know, I mean, it's like, and I've referenced this several times. It's like the Facebook thing. Like everybody looks perfect and I'll put together. It's like they see the duck at the top of the water, but they don't see underneath. The duck is paddling for its life. That's right. They don't see that or the iceberg with what's underneath. They don't see that. And, and there's power in that because that is your authentic self. Show me everything. Yeah. Right. My yeah. videos that get watched the most my face are when I'm crying, when I'm falling apart, <laughs> people are like, we love you so much. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like no makeup. When people right. are like, I do my hair and makeup. I'm like, I don't, I like, that's not real. And someone once said to me, and I think it's so true. Our social media is also like if you have a formal living room or dining room that nobody walks in, but you can see it from the street and people peek and the vacuum lines uh-huh. are perfect, but they're not really where we live, right? not the space that gets messy and complicated because everybody has that. And the more also that we can be authentic, I can't tell you, Jennifer, the privilege of how many people have shared their stories with me of addiction, of loving someone who's an addict, of bearing a child, of going through a horrific mm-hmm. abuse divorce. Because they realize you're not going to judge them. They realize that you get that life is hard and beautiful all at the same time. Right. It has been such a pleasure having you on today, Annie. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, but my favorite place to connect with people is actually YouTube. I try to post a video a week to encourage hope, help mm-hmm. one person every day. I uh, I really am pretty active on LinkedIn and and um fit and uh youtube and it's just annie Meehan, just my name annie i.e um Meehan. i love to encourage other people fabulous thank you so much for being on we are very honored that you were here with us today well thank you for having me i appreciate it 
Thank you, my friends, for joining me today and every week here on The Confident Entrepreneur brought to you by True Fashionistas. If you want to take your business to the next level, check out my website, jenniferannjohnson.com to sign up for my emails or connect with me. Have a fabulous day.